show us your quiv. Now get your quiv out. Oh, right, right, right. I was Come thinking on, of something man. else. I was thinking of something else. Get your quiv out. Terrible happy talks. Terrible happy talks. Terrible happy talks. Today's guest on this bonus surfboard review episode of Terrible Happy Talks is Lance Billingsley. Previously, Lance joined me on the show in episode 11, in which he discussed his travels through South America, perspectives on education, getting a gun pulled on him in Argentina, growing up in Ventura, California, surfing in Peru, Mexico, various parts of the Indonesian archipelago, and of course, Bali, where he currently lives and works. On this board review episode, it's called Get Your Quiv Out, and it's a collection of conversations with average Joes who talk about the surfboards they love and hate. However, I kind of feel like Lance is a step above the average surfer, sort of, surfer Joe. Uh, he's often one of the better surfers in the lineup at Changu Rivermouth. He'll throw the fins every chance he gets and doesn't mind hitting the air. Today, Lance is with me to share the story behind the boards he is currently riding, the prices of them, dimensions, best conditions they work in, sprays, and I'll find out if the board actually improved his surfing and much, much more. Lance Billingsley, get your quiv out. Show us your quiv. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good, man. Fuck, it's Friday. Thank fuck. Oh my God, thank God. Dude, Praise sorry the gods. Sorry for the swearing, Mum. She actually pulled. She she hit me up with that on the phone the other day. Mum did. She's like, uh, she said, "Oh, I heard you um, interviewed Dylan Longbottom. You know he's from our area." I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "But I find when you talk to surfers, you swear a lot." I'm like, "Yeah, I do." Sorry, Mum. Sorry, Mum. It's kind of we're talking shit though. I mean, that's the truth. I know. We're just yeah, we're just hanging. We're talking. We're being honest. We're being real. I know. Maybe it's too much for Mum. Sorry, Mum. Well, she's just, you know, I, I can't wrap her in cotton wool, Lance. I feel like your mom's lovely, though. I, I feel bad a little bit she's a, she's lovely. for her to have listened to that. So She's lovely. She's like a saint. <laughs> she's, like a, she's like a miniature Buddha wrapped, covered in hair. <laughs> anyway, let's not talk about me, mom. Let's talk about you and your quiv. What's quiv even stand for? What yeah, does it what, mean? Yeah, what is the quiv? What, what's it short for? And how for? many boards it designates a quiver? Okay, this is your first test. All right, let's go. What's quiv short for? Quiver. Oh, thank fuck you. If you had got that wrong, Come I was seriously, on. I was going to pack up all my shit and walk Was out. that actually a test or you didn't know and you just wanted to finally find out so you brought me here? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pack up all my shit and leave. <laughs> all right? I'm stressed out. Okay? Nah, I'm not stressed out. I'm happy because um, maybe like you can tell us where we are right now. Yeah, we're sitting in the backyard. It's a perfect, it's a golden hour. You know, it's a, that might be a California thing, but it's here. I brought it here. It's sunset, backyard, Changu, but it's in a quiet neighborhood and it's can hear the birds and the bees and the Anderson Park in the background. Yeah, how good's that dude? Oh, so that good, huh? dude. Oh, I love him. And like, it's such a rad backyard. You got like a nice, nice grassy patch, and you've got your pool, and you've got your a few of your boards out. Like, how many boards have you actually got in your quiver at the moment? Uh, around the world or here in Bali? Well, here in Bali, like, how many's sitting there? I don't know. I feel guilty when I say this a little bit. Yeah. I have 11 at the moment. White privilege. Uh, <laughs> you too. How many do you have? <laughs> Immediately turn around back to you. Um, yeah, I have, I, have a, <laughs> I have 11 now. How many I actually use? No, I use all of them. Well, that's what, yeah. How many yeah. do you actually ride? Really? I, I ride all of them. I, you know what? It's just, it, there's definitely boards I brought from home here that I anticipated would work, and they just don't work here, but I still find Why? uses Why? for them. So they're more they're more designed for the Californian waves. Yeah, the waves are more perfect and more powerful here, consistently. Whereas in California, they're just not. They're typically softer, and that's something I don't think I realize. Even when it's good there, it's still fairly soft. These top name point breaks like Rincon and Sea Street, and these waves are they're great waves, they're quality waves. But you could still really ride a twenty any day of the week and have a blast almost always, except for some of the the bigger beach breaks in which you'd maybe ride something like the happy over there or hmm. the high performance shorty but outside of that that one high performance shortboard everything else in your quiver in your quiv could be a alternative craft or 20 quaddy quaddies yeah a lot of quaddies in california a lot everyone, of qua- yeah knows. i hate them trestles it's fine yeah i've never i've never really liked quaddies no everyone's like oh yeah they they go better in the barrel i'm like oh fuck i don't know if i'm good enough to be like riding them in the barrel i mean but how much time are you spending in the barrel what about when you yeah. exit the barrel 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, let's honestly tally up the time in the barrel on your quaddy. Someone yeah. said to me, oh, yeah, like it, seems to, like it grabs the wall better in the barrel. I'm like, dude, I'm not getting what? I'm getting shampoos constantly. I always find that interesting, too, because how much time... Are, and then if you are on a regular uh, trifin, are you ever really sliding? If you recall the time when you were in the barrel and you were sliding on a trifin, maybe on a 20, or if you're in a situation where you weren't anticipating the waves being good, but for the most part, I don't find... A problem with a trifin setup yeah. ever. Yeah. I don't buy it. Trifin or thruster? Thruster sounds better. Let's go thruster. It sounds sexual. Yeah, it does. It's Friday. I've it's been a long that. week. I've always, <laughs> I've always thought that. Like, like okay, yeah, it is, a, it is a trifin. Like, that would be the most logical way to describe it. But Simon Anderson, the creator of the thruster. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he coined that. That's his. It's great. It's true, but just sounds like you're thrusting something. But you're thrusting. What are you thrusting? I mean, why, why am I not thrusting on my quaddy? Well, you probably are. Yeah. You know, you're thrusting off the bottom, aren't you, to get up to the top? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Oh, man. So, anyway, listen. We're going to talk about surfboards today. And I was driving over here and I was thinking, like, surfboards, like, in surfboards, surfboard design, I mean, it's such a black art. It's, there's no end to it. And there's no, it's a, I mean, it's an art because it's, it's never, ever going to be perfect. And it's so, I guess, subjective and circumstantial. You agree? And I was thinking, and then it led me to, I started thinking about Jamie O'Brien. And I'm like, Jamie O'Brien has kind of bummed me out on surfboards. You know, do you know why? Because he, and I was, because th- he, like, he makes a mockery of, pi- like, the, the heaviest wave on earth, pipeline, he makes a mockery of it on a, on a soft top. And it's like, whereas like there's all these Hawaiian shapers who have been refining their Hawaiian guns for years and years and years, right. and then Jamie O'Brien paddles out on twelve at twelve foot pipe on a soft top he bought from Walmart. Yeah, yeah they, they buy them at Costco for a hundred bucks, and they, go, and they break them, and then you return them to Costco for a full refund <laughs> at the end. That's no shit. I know, right? Yeah. And it's like, wow. Like, I wonder what a lot of the shapers are thinking. Like, I know he's a freak, and I know he's a good surfer, but then like, you know, he's predominantly riding those catch surfboards in everything and I see other guys having so much fun on them and it just makes me think well are we taking ourselves too seriously when it comes to boards and then it's like okay like who's having the most fun and it's the dude on a soft top yeah yeah that's the thing that you just said that stands out to me too is that the diversity of shapes and you can't really replicate the magic board. I heard Taj Bro talking about a board the other day that he had when he won the comp in France, the CT, it was a long time ago. And he had this magic board, he creased it, broke it, and then his filmer fixed it for him the night before the comp, and he went out and won the comp on it <laughs> against Sonny Garcia. It's uh, it's in that, um, what's that clip? Montage. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. On DVD, watch it a hundred times. Yeah. Best video ever. It was epic. Eh? So good. Sabotage as well. Sabotage, montage, yeah. Mm. But I, I think it's there's a certain magic to some boards like that, and you just can't replicate it. I, this one, for example, the Rocket White, I have a second one, exact same dimensions in the house, and it doesn't work. Same exact setup. Okay, so that's really interesting to me. So can yeah. you can you give us a rundown of the Rocket Wide? So I've heard you talk a lot about this board. Mm. Um, you actually went and ordered a second one because you liked the first one so much. So give, what's the dimensions of this one we're looking at? Like, It's a 5.7. I think the width is something around 19 and then two and a, maybe a quarter, but the width is where it's at, right? Mm. Short and wide. So you get the surface area, you get the buoyancy of the surface, the larger surface area being covered. That's right. what that thing functions on purely. Short and wide. That seems like a real Californian style of shape too, like Al America. So short, wide, flat as well. So like low rocker. Low rocker. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole. It's the dumpster diver 2.0, right? It all started with with the Dane boards. It downsized and went wide. And it's the same principle, but for some reason, this one works really well here too, as long as it's under head high surf, which is surprising because this is a tear in California for sure. This would be a go-to. Okay. So that, that's a surprise factor. But this one has the magic. The black one here, okay. the brand new one does not. <laughs> okay, it's black. You've you've spray painted it black because it was getting old, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's something I started doing. And it's funny you mentioned Taj because years ago I watched an interview with him and he had like this, you know, he just got a brand new quiver from his his sponsor. He had like 15 boards and they were all just like your plain white boards and then he just got like a can of black spray paint and just like just messed them up with his own sort of artwork and, and he was like, I find like if a board has like, if the graphic or the spray on it is too like good... It doesn't go as well, but when I put these dodgy sprays on it just by hand and 
rough, they seem to go better. Totally. <laughs> it's so weird. And then I do that now. Like if a board starts to go yellow, I just hate it. I don't feel like writing it. And then I paint it black and I'm like, yeah, it's now it's a new board. Yeah, there's something specifically about the yellow too. Like that, ah, it's old. It's not good. That's, we're programmed this way, right? Like, yeah, we are. It must not be good anymore because it looks old. I have a Firewire in there and I think they're notorious. I didn't know this. I threw that, I threw down a grand on a surfboard before I came here and, yeah, and it went yellow in like six months, like so yellow, right? I just quit writing it. It wasn't because it wasn't good. It was fine still good but i'm just like that's that's the programming so i painted it as well all black um yeah i think if you just paint it you reset your it's it's your mindset right it's a total like placebo effect on yourself it doesn't change the board at all did it go better 100 percent. really in my head yeah not really but that's that's a real that's a real thing <laughs> you know if you're not if you're not enthusiastic yeah, about completely being yeah so what's the fin setup you got in that one mm, that's a two plus one so it's just a smaller center that's the rocket wide right um, okay just like a little trailer at the back. A little like, trailer at the back. Yeah, the regular, the regular tri-fin setup is a little too sticky for that board because it's so uh, lively and whips around so quick. It's kind of, if you had a tri-fin, it just catches really, really, it's, it sticks to the face of the wave too much. You need that thing to slide. You kick yeah, it loose yeah. so easily. And I noticed it's, it's a swallowtail. Um, can you maybe tell me what's going on with that stringer, like a carbon carbon stringer yeah so that's their carbon fiber stringer i think that they're calling it the spine tech right so yeah, it's stringerless yeah. it's uh it's just wrapped with carbon fiber instead you know it gives it a livelier feel I, I think i can tell it's an epoxy it's got a bit of flex to it mm. um and it holds its flex that board's over a year old and it's still it's still got a lot of life in yeah, it you know, you know that feeling of like a dead surfboard yeah that's like still they lose their pop 100 like skateboard yeah mm. yeah and it's funny you talk about the flex because i mean i don't i'm not that technical when it comes to like analyzing boards while i'm surfing them because you know my ability probably isn't where it should be to be technical about them but when i got that rocket wide i was uh it's a the one i've got to five five exact same as your one but just smaller and the same fin setup futures with like twin twinny and a trailer fin and i rode it at really small shipwrecks at lombongan and it was just like a small day and then i just i got this and like usually like this i got this really nice one and it sort of bent around the reef and if it was a bigger day it would have just barreled but the barrel section turned into like just a nice sort of lip to hit and um so i was quite steep and i I hit the lip and as i was coming back in i'm like oh here we go i'm gonna nosedive for sure and then the whole, I just felt like the whole thing, like I noticeably just went whoop and bent, and like bent right into the transition. Mm. And then it just like flexed back the other way and mm. then shot me off the bottom. Like I, I've never, I've, I've never remembered a board shooting me off the bottom like that straight to the next, the next, like to the lip again. So like, so like for, for my next turn, like it was so low effort. I didn't really feel like I did anything. And that was when I was like, ooh, magic, magic stick, bro. They're almost like they're hyper surfboards in some ways. You're, you're going turn to turn to turn so fast when you're clicking and when you're surfing well on those boards that it's, it takes you out of yourself a little bit. And that's why it's so addicting riding these boards because they're so sensitive and lively and they just go. And if you're sticking your turns, you're right. You're gaining speed and momentum out of every maneuver you're doing, which is really impressive with them. Yeah. It's just, it's that trick, that fine line of being, if it's any surf over head high, I find that that board is really like, it's out of its element a hundred percent. It's too skatey. I don't know if that makes sense of it. It's a good way to describe it, it's but they exactly just, right. And then too light with the epoxy. Too, maybe too light. With, but what does that mean? Too skatey? It just, yeah, it's too, it feels too like sensitive. Loose. Too, okay. Too loose. Too loose. Yeah. Which is funny because because I was a skateboarder first, I think my whole surfboard journey has been trying to find surfboards that actually feel like a skateboard. Like yeah. I'm riding loose trucks on a skateboard. Yeah. You know, and that's why twinnies appeal to me a lot and swallowtails seem to really give me that loose feeling. And and they're very they're a lot more forgiving and it's less less work. Do you find that? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is the one? I have that Christensen twenty, it's amazing, man. That board is so versatile too. I don't have it here, it's in Dinger Pair, but I took that one with me to Nias, or I'll surf it the, out front at the river mouth, and it's just, it just goes. What is it? The Christensen? Christensen 20. So can you give us a breakdown of that board? It kind of looks like yours over here. Same, a similar kind of outline, like squashed down, but it's it's got a high-performance feel to it. It's just, I, I don't know. You can really put the thing on rail, and it'll drive, and it holds in the face of wave, too. It's very fast, yeah. almost too fast. I think that was one of the big complaints of guys that are riding it in perfect waves. It, it outruns the barrel. Or it's just a bit too that's like. That's a real thing. I, yeah, that's a real thing. I think with these kind of boards, it is because they're just speed demons, right? Yeah. Um, 
you're not doing top to bottom surfing. You're not doing, you're not bashing the lip, but it flies, absolutely flies and holds really, really well, even in solid surf. So uh, even at Ziggy's, we had a couple of good surfs out there. Ziggy's don't, don't mention where that is. No one, no one's ever heard of Ziggy's. Okay. All right. (laughs) It's like illusions. Like it's right there, but no one can see it. Why is it? It's weird. It is hidden in plain sight. Okay. Yeah. The the whole 20, like you sort of related it to my 20, which is a a Corey Graham. uh, And he is a awesome shaper from Torquay in Victoria, Australia. Mm. And he only makes 20s. He's a specialist. And um, that board, I was actually down there for a little holiday and uh, I was watching the um, Rip Curl Pro comp at Bells mm. with the family and I walked into that shop and I just seen that seen it on the rack and I just went I've got to have that board like it doesn't you know that when that happens it's just such a magic thing felt mm. good under the arm but it was like 5'5 five five. I think it's, it's super wide like it's I think it's almost 20 inches wide that, that's the interesting thing that the part you just said about the feeling under the arm I think in our heads we collect data on these surfboards we've been riding, even though you say you're whatever level uh, of surfer. Yeah, okay. I, I think that's that's data you've been collecting since day one of surfing. And I think that feeling is your brain going, yep, that's that's a board that's worked in the past and it's still working for me now. Yeah. Or that's a shape and a size that's w- always worked well for me. Because it doesn't matter. You don't have to read the dimensions on it at all to know that. You throw it under your arm and you know it. Yeah. So what is that? What What's happening there? I can't think of anything else other than... I it just is something my brain's been chewing on and connected to experiences I've had on surfboards that felt similar under my arm. It's something with the weight. Yeah, you, you, yeah, good point. Because when you think about it, surfing is so much about feel. And maybe when you're surfing a board, uh, those neurological pathways have been mowed, they've been programmed. And so, yeah, like you said, the data has been downloaded and then when you do pick it up, put it under the arm, it just goes, yep, that's it, 5-5, five, five, flat, right, double concave, single to double concave, boom, boom, boom. So, yeah, good call, bro. I mean, I've been in shops, I ordered boards, waited for them to arrive, they arrive, and you, I even put on the show like I was stoked. I remember putting it under my arm, a brand new fever from the shop here, and I was like, oh, bro, stoked. I remember walking out of the shop like, fuck, this thing's going to last for two weeks, I'm going to yeah. sell it straight away. I'm going to ride it once, I'm going to get rid of it. You just, I knew, I don't know, it was, I let someone else recommend dimensions for me, and even though I knew better, I still uh, went along with it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. that feel is a big part of it, right? Yeah, so. you gotta you got to get what's right for you, huh? But that, that Corey Graham 20, um, mm. I ride a keel fin in it, it's a Captain Finco um, with future fin boxes, but it's just got this like, <clears throat> again, you know, I'm not that tech savvy with with some of the some of the the talk about it but it's got this like it's got like a really flat it's got a it's got a really small single concave in the front and then it goes into like a really pronounced double concave in the tail but then like one huge single channel and the double concave is like in the single channel Mm -hmm. and i'll I'll never forget the first wave i got on it it, it, it's like I could feel the water just getting shot out the back like it was let it, letting water displace across the bottom of it so efficiently it was just making me go so fast you know and then I remember I was like surfing this place just down from Winky Pop I think it's called Steps or Boobs and it's like just like the perfect twin fin wave it's like really fat and it's just I mean have you surfed down there I rode this 20 at Winkies so oh, fun that yeah. whole coastline though from like Bells Winkies and then you keep going down the coast to, to Jan Jack. so many setups huh like it's just for me it's heaven it's like, oh, that's the, the other place yeah. I could live forever but anyway and I just um, I was going so fast and then like it shot me like you said shot me so far out into the open face I was like all I could do was just like a big roundhouse cut back and it was just like because the the outline profile like it's got a really again it's quite a straight rail like it doesn't have a lot of curve yeah I think that's the best way to describe it and um and I just did this roundhouse cut back and I just felt like because the rail was straight it just allowed me just to lay the rail in and I just I feel like I just made this huge circle on the wave and um, again, that feeling was just like programmed in. Yeah, it's interesting. So that that sounds similar to the to the Christensen as well. It's it's a channel out the tail as well, but not quite as deep as um, the what Graham was it? 
Uh, no, Corey Graham. Corey Graham. Yeah. This is the Corey Graham you have here. That board looks really fun, but it's a similar kind of feeling. When you get to that, that level of speed, then putting it on rail is like, I remember co- coming out of a few at Nias with so much speed and you're almost out of control and trying to do a turn and just like almost exploding in the lip. Like doing a turn, I'm like coming down, almost airdropping out of the turn and just flying out into the flats. Like I yeah. almost would have hit and skipped off the surface with so much speed, right? No way. But um, Do you think, like, in your opinion, do you think shapers are actually really taking those fine details into into consideration? Which shapers? Because I think there's so many, so many boards being CNC'd now anyways. Uh, yeah, and the, I, I don't. I think some guys are for sure. Some people have the, uh, have that, again, I think it's a magic and a feel, and some of the guys really put it on. Yeah. And these are the guys that are still hand-shaping boards. Some of the old-school dudes that are shaping classic boards in 20s, and um, I think it's it's a similar kind of thing. They're just like the, they're a part of that culture. It's still hanging on to shaping these boards and going going with the feel and what what feels good to them and mm. tuning to their surfer. Some mates, of, some mates of mine back in um, Australia, they live in Cronulla. Even, and um, they uh, have been getting boards from Sam Egan. Do you know who Sam Egan is? Luke Egan's father. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And um, who will only handshape, dedicated to handshape, will never get a board machined, you know. So... Really, like, no two boards are ever exactly the same, you know. But, um, you know, he's just refined that feel and that, that craft so much that they, uh, they, they're just like, well, I've never, they've never had custom boards so good, but so, like, good for them specifically. So they, they, they were saying, like, he's got just this innate way of, like, you tell him what you want. I mean, and, and these are guys that have surfed for years, so they are very very specific and they know what they want and he is able to translate their needs into their boards really really well and but also just communicate and that whole and he's just maintaining that whole like shape our surfer relationship that existed which is really falling away you know with the onset of you know mass machined boards and when i had nev hyman on the show mm. he was actually one of the one of the sort of leaders in that movement towards machined boards. Did you know that? Because he just couldn't produce enough boards and he needed it to be more economically viable. And, you know, he was in high demand, I think, in the late 80s and 90s. And he tells a story about going to Japan and he, he was in so demand, so such a high demand, he was in the shaping bay for two weeks, friggin' 20 hours a day. Wow, and he yeah. said, oh, I've got to come up with something. Sure. Came up with like this, mach- like hand like it was like a like a stenciling machine that you just sort of push oh, I forget what he called it but you just it's like a machine but it just sort of like does the shaping but you're just moving back and forth it's like a oh fuck I'm forget I'm having a mental blank and then it progressed into actual machine boards and he said now the machine process is he said it's better than it's it's the best he goes like I'm so amazed at how far it's come and um, and surfers in a really good place now because you know the boards are just going to be coming out so accurate and so consistent and just way better made that makes so much sense too for, for those guys in the places where they're getting blanks that are consistently made I think is such a huge factor and that's something I'm, I'm learning about this place too is the blanks play such a big role in the flex of the board yeah. And the integrity of the board. It's it's really insane. See, it's it's not it's not just shaping that. the foam. So the foam is actually a lot of it is, is blown in, in Surabaya and brought over here. And I think foam blown in the tropics is a different deal because the humidity affects the blanks in a huge way. Um in what li- way? Li- in what way? Like heavier? Heavier weaker. Just purely weaker. I mean you can go into some of the shops here and I've talked to employees there and say, Oh, look at this is one of the black stringers, that's a red stringer. Don't buy the black stringers. They're they're a really soft batch. And on the side I kinda gave one like a little gentle touch and I could just tell I could put my finger right through it if You're I'd right. squeezed but isn't that the glass come, coming down it's not the glass thing. that's what's the surprising thing I would have would have always thought that as well but the glass is easy to be easy to create that consistently because you're you're just putting epoxy resin with uh, your catalyst and mm. the fiberglass itself which is all a pretty standard thing yeah. it's the the blank is the x factor in that 100% and from my understanding it's that's the biggest variable and the hardest thing to control in this place which is why those blanks that come from Australia are like it's more expensive, but that's that the king, consistent thing you're getting. Is that King Foam? King Foam? Is that the place in Australia where yeah. everyone wants? Or is that in, in California? You'd know better than me. Clark was the one from home oh, for us originally. Like, yeah, they that, were the one that, that, that closed business, down. business, didn't it? They did, um, but they were replaced pretty quickly. There was a big scare. Board prices went through the roof. People freaked out. Yeah. And then it was a huge business opportunity, and people went south of the border to Mexico and started up foam 
uh, blowing companies and we're blowing blanks and yeah, right. in no time there was high quality blanks and now there's tons of suppliers so right. yeah it's pretty pretty fun have you ever touched a, a just a, a raw blank no. uh, yeah I think I have pretty fun I shaped one in uh, a 20 in San Diego before I came here I spent about two and a half weeks in a shaping bay with a shaper how was it going through all the steps of, of shaping yeah uh, so cool uh, it, it's really humbling really neat and they have a really cool factory setup to do that that where you can go pay with a buddy and then you have a legit shaper coming and, sp- and sponsor you through the whole thing and watch you in every step and and yell at you and give you shit for what you're what you're messing up and then uh, help you sort out the mistakes you make and you walk away with a glass board and um, something you ride and mine actually works really well it's one of my favorite boards at home so no way yeah that's right like that's that's Super good fun. that it actually works like I've heard of people trying to shape their own board and it's like it's a complete dog I hate it and it doesn't work and but I know that I have to do it at least once in my life. I have to do it. You have to I'm do gonna, it. I've, I've just got to do it once. Because like, I often look at boards and go, like, I could do that. Like, I'd like how, to do that how, here. How, how do hard it. is it? How hard is it? Yeah. But, uh, hard. Yeah, it's hard. hard. <laughs> <laughs> but, I just don't what, I, Anyway. I've been asking around here too. And I, I kind of want to get into one of the shaping bases at some point. I know Red Surf Shop, they'll, they'll rent out space there and you can go use their tools and they have blanks you can buy off of them and shape in there if you want to. Maybe we should do that. It's, it's kind of nice. That it's, I'm super keen to do it again. I would 100%. It's, I think it's pretty important though that you actually get someone popping their head in. I don't think I just want the space. I do want someone kind of mm. that I can ask questions to because then, then that's when the learning happens. Otherwise, I'm purely just butchering some yeah. blanks still. I, I do have some knowledge now, but it's it's. I would like to perfect it with somebody because I do see friends at home that shape in their garages and they just butcher blank after blank. Waste money. Yeah, it's just kind of a waste. Yeah, it's, that makes sense. Or the learning is just not not as not quite as big. Yeah, you'd need to have someone with you guiding you through it. Because how often are you going to shape? Maybe you shape one every couple of years and yeah. if you do it, you want to learn as much as you can. So that's I it. And that's, that's, and that's what Dylan, Dylan said too. He said, um, you know, he has to be shaping all the time because it keeps him, it keeps his, his reflexes and his movements refined and fresh it's like it's like when you don't surf have a break from surfing you know you lose your feel a little bit and you're not as responsive and you know but when you're surfing every day day in day out all of a sudden you know you're on your game and you you surf fit and he talks about like i get shaping fit but then you get Hmm. like average joes like us let's go and shape a board we do it once and we've got no we haven't developed that muscle memory or the this actual like the muscles to use and the even the, he was talking about like the postures that you should be in when you're holding the, the shaping plane 100 percent to yeah. make to make you know like those little refined actual movements and he has to stretch in between each board that makes perfect sense yeah. a, a planing is terrifying too you can absolutely yeah. destroy blanks really quickly doing that too and yeah. all the work you're doing so it's like you have to do it with total confidence it's it's a totally m- mindful practice right so you go into yeah. with confidence your breathing is calm you're just walking in complete sweeps as you're running the planer along the board too um, let's like let's I could totally imagine how he has to stretch afterwards and take yeah. a break and and he feels sharp and then if he falls out of practice he hasn't shaped in well it makes total sense so let's 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 take psilocybin and, and do it <laughs> you want to eat some mushies no it's <laughs> <laughs> joking but would I wonder if that would help with like your creativity that, you know, yeah well, definitely well, would help with creativity 100 percent. i imagine that's it i've heard podcast, it I've heard, yeah i've heard it does yeah there's a whole nother podcast anyway joe i listened to a podcast with joe rogan about that stuff look let's not go there joe rogan anyway and michael pollan yeah tell me about that yeah michael pollan yeah who's like a really respected author sorry <laughs> i'm going off on a tangent he's really respected he was the guy that actually um brought out all the data and research about plant-based diets and now he's just brought out a book about the power of psilocybin yeah which is yeah, really the, interesting well that mushroom that mushrooms run is going through like second and third trials and if it passes third trials at home for us it's going to be administered as a therapeutic drug yeah it's very close it's on its way it which talks is really interesting that. yeah yeah and like the data and the data and the research is there now which is um oh it's getting there a plant alternative never a bad idea right Shan? what's from the earth is of the greatest worth brother there we go I don't know where I heard that. I think it was Ben Harper. Mom. He was stoned Thanks, when he mom. said that. Oh, my mom would have said it. <laughs> she would have said it for sure. She's so good. She's a good... Oh, man, I know she's I a like guru. your mom. I think your mom's like definitely have a guru. Have you met her? I think I, no, I haven't met her, she's but so I know I like her. She's so wise. She's going to be here in April. Yeah. We got to hang out. Did you, my mom was a hottie too back in the day. Was How's she? this? She was walking down the street in Sydney and the local newspaper said, hey, do you want to be a page three girl? You're hot. And she's like, sure. And they took a photo of her because they used to have a thing called the page three girl or is it the page two girl? Mm. And every every day they'd have a picture of a hot chick. But she wasn't in a bikini or anything. Like She kept a gear on. Thanks, mom. Good idea. Wow. How did that make Thank you feel God. when you were like in middle and high school though? Wow. 
What? what? <laughs> that my mother was objectified? Uh, I don't Did like your buddies it. get a whole that magazine? No, it was, a, it was a newspaper, man, and she kept the she kept the cutting of it. Come on, we gotta see that. Where she is it? Was, I'm not showing you. All right, dude, I'm not leaving you alone. With that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen, listen, let's go. Okay, so yeah, the rocket wide. We both agree. Sick board. It's actually got me psyched on surfing again. Mm. But to be honest, the epoxy I think in Bali is a bit of a bummer. I rode it at Uluwatu, and we went up to Secrets where it was a little bit bigger, and the wind was really sort of strong offshore. Mm. And I was just having trouble getting into them. And then when I got into them, like it was just like chattering down the face. It couldn't hold. Like it wasn't even a big day, but it just the power and the speed, it just couldn't hold it. It's like. It's like the best beachy beach break board I think I've ever ridden, to be honest. Like, and I used to love the um, the pod back in the day when it first came out. And it's like this is like an extension of the pod, maybe even better. And you were co- comparing it to the dumpster diver too. Yeah, this I think it's a race. better evolution of the dumpster diver. It makes sense. Like that, that board is a staple in the quiv. Yeah, for sure, definitely a staple. The quiv. All right. So what's the next board you want to talk about? What's uh, that yellow thing? Ah, uh, the yellow thing. That, that's a fun 20, right? That's just a super squishy... Well, we'll tons break, of, break ton, it down. Break tons it of down. foam packed under the chest. Uh, Dead Kooks, Ghostfire. It's a little bit older 20 that they shaped. I got it today at a board swap event at Patagonia off this guy. It was too small for him. It was clearly way too small for him. And he's getting rid of it for super cheap. I'm like, ah, this thing looks weird. It doesn't look like it'll work. Uh, grabbed it off him for like 200 bucks, took it to the beach, and I couldn't believe it. It is absolutely the fastest board I think I've ever... T- it's you in- got that for 200 bucks? Uh-huh. That's so rad. In uh, in some of the smallest junkiest surf ever, but the, here's an this is a, a a perfect example of the problem here. It, it's just it's so rarely small enough yeah. and soft enough to get that thing to go. How's that, that, uh, how's that for a good problem? It's a good problem it's to have. Really and that, that's enough. the thing. I'm not. I'm never going to get rid of it. I'll fly it home at some point with me, and that's totally fine. Um, it's still a rad board. I love it. Tiny little pulled in, almost like a pin swallowtail, like a, just a cute little swallowtail off the back. Super loose, no center. Um, just straight twin the MR MRX twenty fins. That's what it's called, yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, they're the FCS de- de- FCS um, original FCS, and it's funny I can see where it's been repaired because you've you've um, you've popped those plugs out. Both, yeah. They suck those they suck first the, those the FCS ones, ones man. Ones, right. Yeah, I I think every time I had those they they would pop up. Popped out every board with those, and then the FCS two came out, and they're a bit better. Yeah, that mean, then, they knew they had to step it up, competing with Future, right? It just makes so much more sense. One box, one screw, stronger. Like, come on, come on, come on now. Yeah, well, how come, why didn't they think of that straight away? You know? <laughs> yeah, anyway. So it's it's loose, it's fast, it's really fun, great, like really, really just mixes it up though too. Kind of like that's, we were saying before, it's like part of it is just like the magic of having fun too. So that's when you break up the monotony of the short boards. That's the board, and it's like a subtle swallow, yeah. Really tiny swallowtail, yep. Mm. Yeah, you can almost put your thumb between it, right? And the rails look quite like thick and boxy, yeah. No, they're actually like a baseball bat rail. They're pretty soft, like okay. downturn rail. Yeah. Really, really forgiving. So you can you can throw it around and really like. So you can it. you can go top to bottom on it. Completely. Yeah. Completely. I guess it it has got quite a pulled in tail. Mm. It's actually got a good little air game to it too. It's got a lot yeah. of lift and pop off the top. Yeah. Really. And it's hard, P- hard to stick though because it's so slippery, right? It's PU. It's PU. Yep. Yeah. But glass proper, nice and heavy too. So okay, it's like test really number two. Okay. There we go. And if you don't if you don't pass the test, I'm kicking you off the podcast already. <laughs> what does PU stand for? Polyurethane. Oh, dude. Bing. Petrol based. Not the friendliest thing yeah. for our environment, Asian. Don't you work at the green school and you're riding like a petrol based board? Eleven surfboards, oops. Yeah. <laughs> Epoxies work. That's okay to have eleven surfboards. <coughs> White yeah. privilege. Yeah. But um just don't chuck them out. I think that's it too. And re-pur- think of ways to repurpose them. How do you or repurpose them though? Give, you give them, them to a local for starters once you've surfed them into the ground. Come on. Or, or even if you haven't surfed them into the ground, give them to the locals. Give yeah. Them. If they're not getting enough love for you and enough use, pass them on to someone who will. Yeah, definitely. I agree. That's cool, man. All right, there's no judgment here. No judgment. Love you, buddy. You too, man. <laughs> All right, let's go. Next one. Happy. Al- Almeric. Yeah, Almeric. The happy, right? The that's happy. The other, so that's the other shortboard. Okay. I don't know. It's so funny, man. It I looks feel like, like so like performancey. Like, are you trying to get on the world so tour with that board? I know what am I doing? It's Come. embarrassing. It's embarrassing. You have to have it, right? Look, Why? look at where we are. You have to have a high-performance shortboard. You do. Why? Because when I go surf Karamas, what else am I going to ride? What it... I'm what do you ride mean? My... The rocket would go great at Karamas. No, not when it's sizable. Not Change when it's the doing fins. Its 
no, too sticky, too skaty. It's still like it's stuck in the face, but you can't. It's the sh- it has the shortness and the flat outline that but, has okay. the proper rocker. Well, what if you had a P? What if you had a PU rocket? The weight would help a little bit. Increase the weight. Mm-hmm. That's more of the chatter, though. That's not really with being able to control it. It's still a bit out of control, I think. Yeah, I'm with you. It's, there's yeah, something I'm funny at this too. point about riding shortboards. I'm a little bit like, ugh, it's a shortboard. There's no conversation to be had with someone riding down the beach with a cool-looking shortboard, right? It's just like a, it's kind of obviously a selfish endeavor and it's not fun. It doesn't have cool colors and it's not like a quad or a fun setup. It's just like, it's, like a, it's purely for getting the job done. Business time. <laughs> this is going like, to like lay the hammer. I'm going to get tubed. Yeah, I'm going to shred. I'm and if you're not shred. shredding, you're a fucking coop. Yeah. yeah. Do you, like, here's a question. Mm. When you ride that board, do you feel like you're having a fight with the wave? I can, yeah, I can get more anger out from the end of my day than I can with any short board in my entire quiver, any board I have my whole quiver with that board for exactly that. I could absolutely lay into uh, like a drop wallet or something like this way harder on that board than the other board. Yeah, are you more inclined inclined to bog a rail on a turn on that board? In what kind of surf? In good surf? No. Yeah. Or any, okay, let's say you rode it at a a three foot cross onshore day. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, is it going to give you a good time or no, is it going to no be way. a pain in the ass? I think that, but you're getting back to like speed generation and that's the thing. It doesn't, it's intended for high performance waves, right? So, so it's what, like, what, what size and what range of waves would you be surfing that board on? You could ride it in a step up at, at Padang, no worries, for sure. Shortboard, I could You'd definitely. You'd ride it as a step up. I would ride that as a step up. People happy, do. So what's that? Give me the dimensions on the happy. That one's a 511. And 511. It's a squash tail. 18 and a quarter, maybe? Two and. PU. Two and a quarter, PU. 18 and, 18 and a quarter. 18 and a quarter, two and a quarter. It might be 18 and a half. What sort of volume are we talking? Like 28 liters? Um, no, liters? not even. I'm right in that sweet, high, like mid 26s. Okay. High, high 26s pushing it for a shortboard. High 26s. Yeah. Thin rails. Pretty th- pretty knifey. Knifey yeah, rails. Dude, what it really is, it's a mix, I think, between the... Uh, my brain's been chewing on this one for a while trying to figure out. I'm like, this board feels familiar. I love the gimmick. It's a happy. It's new. We pump out 15 new models every year. It's a, I think it's a mix between an MBM and an MX, which are like two old, classic, really high-performance shortboards from CI. Yep. CI. Yep. Okay. Interesting. I, I used to work in a surf shop, and we would order these. We had like a bro deal with them. We would get them for like 250 bucks. And it was like we would just fire in orders one after the other. I would spend every paycheck on surfboards, right? So I just had stacks of these boards in my house, and we would try them. And we would get the team light glassing because we thought it was cool, and we didn't give a shit. We'd break them, whatever. It didn't matter. Does, like, in California, does, like, everyone ride Merricks? No, there's so like, many what? shapers there. So, like, yeah, just, I mean, just in Ventura, like, I mean, there's, there's like, Robert Weiner. He's a good shaper that yeah. I, I grew up. He would also shape boards for me, too. And I'd just run in the back of the oh shop, my. and he would he would take boards that I really loved and copy them and... um or he tried to like custom boards. He's he's a really good shaper now. He's like come a long way too, which is super impressive. Yeah, it's good to see. But know there's no there's a diversity of shapers at home for sure. So a lot of options. But Channel Islands are, are the go to. But it's also kind of like the ah oh, here we go. Everyone's got a CI. It's kind of yeah. it's like the easy thing off the rack. Everyone knows they're popped out of a machine, but they work. Yeah, and they're a lot cheaper there than they are in Australia. Like Channel Island boards, our Merricks are they're a thousand dollar surfboards. Okay, wow. Australian dollars. Yeah. Um, and even over here, it's comparative, like, they're expensive, even though they're right. machined and glassed here. Crazy, huh? And then the same price. You, they're the same price here? Compa- as, as Australia. Yeah. Okay, wow. In that range. They're in that range. Yeah. But you, do, you notice you kind of, it's easier to get a deal here. Like, they have, it seems like they have more room to work, whereas back home, yeah. it's like, you, you're paying full price plus tax, don't even try. Like, it's not we'll a give, thing. We'll give you a block of wax. We'll give you a block of wax. 20% off on a tail pad. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what bums me out. Because, like, they put, like, the biggest markups on tail pads. And come on. Like, they must get them made in factories for, like, $2 and mass produced. 100%. They, they put 60 bucks on them and stuff like that. It's just like, wow. Yeah. Well done. Well, well played. Totally. 20% well played. lighter, stronger. But then I'm sure a lot of shapers and surfboard companies would argue that, and I've heard this a lot, that there's, there's a low markup. In in surfboards on boards, yeah. yeah. I remember. I remember the market was no more than about a hundred US dollars for a long time when I was in the shop. Okay. So it's like there's not really much room to move. It was all about the soft goods mm-hmm. or the uh, like the additional items, like the leash and the tailpipe that are actually really important to sell that stuff. Cause that's where all the margin, the good margins were. Yeah. Interesting. So. So next board in the quiv that you've pulled out, like so, I sort of want to ask you to be on this show, um, get your quiv out. I said like, don't get all of your eleven boards out. Alright. <laughs> uh, just pick like three or four. And the fourth board that you've picked out, 
is the catch surf. Foamy. Yes? Foamy, finless. What's it called? What's the model? Break it down. Describe it. I'm just going to call it the little wedge. It's just a finless... Isn't four, it it's a beater? It's a it's a type of beater. Yeah, it's a little 411. But it's, it's, it's it a must finless, have a name. It's a finless beater. What do they... Don't they have a, a name for it? The catch surf something? Yeah, I just call it a beater. At home, we call it a black ball beater, but they might have a name for it that I don't know off the top of my head. It's just, not on the board? No. Not oh, the, no, no, it's okay. on there. So, like, yeah, give me, give me a breakdown because it looks kind of tech. Like, no fins, but then it's got, like deep channels in the tail yeah it's kind of lame actually to be honest it has these channels and it kind of holds too much it doesn't spin and get crazy it doesn't. i bought it because i was like oh this thing's gonna be impossible to ride it'll be super fun i'll go and just whip a bunch of 360s and, and can it, you? it actually it actually kind of like turns and goes down the line which is a bit yeah. boring and like top to bottom no not, the, not top to bottom but it's just like why'd you get it i'm curious why why did you buy it was it was it did you get marked was uh, the marketing campaign just so good it just sold it to you? No, so at home actually on the, on the beach one day in the trash can we found a, um, a soft top that was broken in half. My buddy Mark and I, we we finished sawing it in half into two pieces and we took the front half, which is probably about like four and a half feet, something like this, and then we would go and ride it and you can only ride it one direction from the nose side, but it would fly absolutely fly down the line. Okay. Um, and so we had this thing, it was kind of tricky to ride, but it would just... Yeah, it was jamming, right? Really fun yeah. and like big smile on your face. It's kind of difficult to ride. You could do big... Sh- At the end, I was doing shove-its like pretty consistently on it. Cool. And it was like a blast, right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to relive that thing. One day, I, I surfing this high tide uh, river mouth wave and I lost it. it. It snuck up the river and I lost it. It's really weird. It's gone forever. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, I lost it. It's gone. It's like, it was almost like a symbol. It was like it was time to let it go. Like I found it on the beach and I lost it at the same beach. It's just it, like it, a piece of foam. It just drifted <laughs> up. The, yeah, yeah, my buddy and I went running looking for it. It was up this estuary in Car- called Cardiff Reef. Up the estuary, and it was just—it's like right in front of Rob Machado's house, and it's just lost, like in the rocks there. So we, yeah. we just sent it back off. Yeah, donated it to the gods, let it go. I heard—I I actually know what happened to it. Rob Machado found it, and then he cut it up and made a comb out of it and combed his hair with it because oh, he's, he's, he's got that beautiful hair. The lice comb, or was it a regular? <laughs> <laughs> you reckon he'd get lice with all that curly hair? No way! I don't think I don't think lice would want to go anywhere near that hair, man. Like it's it's got to be toxic. Like it's rat hair. I mean, like because like you know how you're receding. I mean, I think that's just you, you, I think that's just you, know you because you used to have dreads. There's like some your thing. You're like partial to this thing, and you're envious, and you wish you had your old dreads. But yeah, like that's probably you, what what also made you lose your hair too, right? <laughs> this is what Jubair like, told me. Do, do, do you? Do you no, I mean, Jubair's losing his hair. Let's be honest. He used to have dreads. Hey, look that rhymes. Jubair's losing his hair. Yeah. But do you ever do you ever look at Rob Machado's hair and go? Oh man, I wish I wasn't receding. <laughs> yeah, he has amazing hair, right? It's Pretty part, right hair. Part of his flow for sure. I mean, you you must. It sounds like, but <laughs> no. But like, let's be honest. It does improve the aesthetic of his surfing. One hundred percent. I've always loved his style. Oh shit, we were just and talking about this last night. Fuck, it's the best fucking style. Let's be honest. I love it, and he's a goofy footer, and I hate goofy footers. But yeah, <laughs> I don't hate goofy footers, but. Yeah, like when he, you know, like when he's surfing and he's got the hair going and his whole stance and. I mean, that's two points we said last night were really big. I think the knock knee and the hair put so much into that effort that you could take a, an average to above average surfer and make them top notch hipster style pro. Yeah, swagger god. I I know what you mean by the knock knee, but can you break it down for the listeners? Like the knock knee, that that back that back leg, and you bring that knee in slightly. Yeah, we also call it the Craig leg. It's like the um, you just bend in that wobbly back knee, and you kind of drop it down, and about midway, and it just gives that extra little bit of style. It gives you a bit of slump in your waist. Uh, it kind of like forces you to arch your back a little bit. I think it's that whole thing. It's just like ultra mm. cash. Something about it is just like, oh, I'm so comfortable. I'm just gonna even stand kind of like in a way that's like. And you know what else it does? Like from a biomechanical perspective, it actually mm. makes you lower. It lowers your center of center of gravity, without like. And it keeps your back straight at the same time. So you're not bending over like you're taking a poo, but you're getting low. That's it. That's it. That's That's I reckon that's that's what it is. I mean, that's barrel riding. That's that's like the technical aspect of of riding a barrel that makes you fit into the tube on your forehand, really. Because that's how I barrel ride. Like I look like I'm trying to take a poo in the barrel. That's why you're not knocking your knee in. But then you bring the knee in. It's like, nah, dude, I've got my back straight. Pivot those feet and knock that knee a little bit. And it helps with control too. 100%. It's a bit of an awkward move though. It almost feels wrong. Like... I don't know, it feels a little bit uncomfortable and weird, but it, that's, that's the style. Yeah, we were watching a Michael February clip yesterday, and it's just like, ah, it's a, you know, he shreds, but really it's the knock knee and the hair adds so much to what that whole thing is. It's just, 
It's real. It, yeah, it's an image. It's a. It's a. It's brandable. It's totally brandable. But it makes you want to watch it. him. It does, and it re- yeah. makes you relax too. I watch clips of him. Like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. Nice. It's cool, man. Well, it's, yeah. Like it's more than just the really good surfing. It's the whole. It's the whole package. Like skateboarders are notorious for that. Like hmm. there's skaters who, you know, maybe aren't doing the hardest, the hardest tricks and the and the craziest shit, but they just look really good on a surfboard, on a skateboard like that. You know, like even from the, they've got really good fashion sense, and mm. you know, they're just those little intricacies of style that we were just talking about. And it just, I'd sometimes I'd rather watch a skateboarder do a really simple trick, super stylishly, than some really hard shit, ugly. You know, so yeah. Yeah, trying too hard never looks good either, right? Yeah, There's no. only so much. Oh, well, I heard an interview with Gabriel Mendina the other day, and they were talking about someone asked him what makes him happy or what gives him joy in surfing, and he just said winning. That's it, winning comps. You know, so you watch him do all this stuff that you wish you could do, but at the soul of all of it, none of it makes him happy or gets him stoked, and that makes me so. I mean, that makes me so sad. I'm like, oh my god, look at this guy. He does these incredible things, and it's like doesn't give him joy, right? And, and so you just hear maybe it all goes the to show that the the purists are maybe right that it's all about the the best surfer is the one having the most fun too. Yeah, exactly. And like you hear that all the time about Gabriel Medina. Um, they're like, like he he is an amazing surfer. There's no way you can argue with that. And I actually think his style has improved a lot. Mm. But I'd much rather watch Dane Reynolds any day of the week. Mm. You know. Yeah. Um, but he's on the total opposite end of that one too. Dane's in the very extreme powerhouse. I mean, his legs are like tree trunks. Yeah. The turns he does are so uh, unconventional, right? They're just beautiful, like so much power. I think he's just built this to lay down those Dane turns. Okay, so the beater or the yep. the catch surf foamy, pretty stoked on it, yeah. Yeah, totally stoked on it. Okay. I just found out today the temples that are open to facing the house, like the one is here, can actually, they're way more susceptible to like the, the good juju and the bad juju, and mine are not closed in, so there's something happening here that I didn't know about. Dude, you really, you really want to talk? Like, you really think there's a bad juju happening? It's not a bad juju. It just needs more attention, is what my understanding is. It, it needs what, it needs more love. It needs more offerings. Putting offerings in it every day. Uh, it needs more, apparently. So, anyways. And are you noticing a difference in the in the property? Well, it, uh, it needs to happen, but apparently this place is uh, full of spirits, is what I was told. Good someone spirits. came and someone came and blessed the place and said it was full of bad spirits, but they got them all out with the holy water. It's good. Well, I feel good. Good energy here. I like, do too. I feel good, like except for like. You know, you sort of like a bad attitude about my hair and stuff. Like, apart from that, everything's really good here. No, I mean, your overcompensation with your facial hair is really doing the trick. It's keep my mind off your head, so don't worry. Yeah. The stash is nice. And dude, when you... Re- <laughs> thank you, bro. And you know what, man? I reckon, like, when you reach puberty, you could do the same. Oh, thank you. Yeah, congrats. Love you too, man. Yeah. All right. So, man. Um, okay. So, there are your boards. There, that's, you got your quiv out. Got my quiv out. Yeah. What about you? What are we looking at over here? Tell well, me. Tell me what okay, you think. I won't, I won't go into as much depth because it's sort of similar. I've sort of picked the same sort of boards, but um, yeah, the Rocket Wide, love it. Still brand new. Mm. I mean, I've had it for maybe a month now. Had a bunch of surfs on it. Absolutely love it. You, you had um, one. There's one over there. It's a it's a five fin setup. I just wanted to ask you what you <sighs> thought about this. I heard the other day because for a while they were drilling and dropping in these boxes, these five fin setups. And I heard from a shaper the other day that it actually changes something called the torsional flex on the tail. So by dropping those boxes in, you actually change that. So it can it can ruin the kind of authenticity of the shape by doing it. And I was always told from these surf shops that what you should do is just just get all five and then you can play with it because it's in their benefit. It costs more money. <laughs> you have more fin setups, but it's not really actually helping necessarily. So I'm kind of curious. You, what do you think about that? Yeah. <clears throat> well, that okay. The story behind that board. It's the it's the Slater Designs Sci-Fi model. Uh, the Quicksilver Pro, I think it was like 2016. Mm. Um, there was a surfer who wrote, oh God, I forget his name. He, uh, I know it because I remember it was such a big moment for him. Not Adam Melling. Oh, I'm having the biggest mental blank. If you're listening to this and you remember, can you just DM me? Anyway, he wrote it he was like introduced it to the world and he was a wild card at the quickie pro at snapper rocks beat beat all the top seeds beat everyone and made it to the semis i think on it as a wild card and everyone's like what's that board he's writing you know and it was the sci-fi and it's um it's got like that it wasn't it was adam melling 
Was it Adam Melling? Yeah. No. Okay, maybe it was Adam Melling, yeah. But anyway, he absolutely just went ballistic on it and um and it's got like a it's got like two hips, sort of like a two like a double flyer, I guess you'd call it, in the outline profile. Yeah. And the first one is like sort of right next to the two side fins and then it has a second one and it, I think they call it like a bat tail bat type tail, deal. Looks like a bat tail, yep. And then it's got like these really pronounced channels in the bottom. Mm. It's like four channel bottom with five fins. It's epoxy. It's made out of eco-friendly materials. It's got that really progressive stringer where it's like this compressed carbon foam that's super hard. Again, I don't know the technicalities of it because I'm just an average Joe but I was just like that's I want to I want to surf like that dude and it's Kelly Slater and it's eco friendly yeah and then my wife actually bought it for me for my fortieth birthday so sweet. as a fortieth birthday present because it was expensive dude but she's like well it's your fortieth birthday you know and I said oh well that's nice you know I've worked hard to get here got to enjoy it buddy yeah I can't believe I made it to forty yes totally anyway so then I got there and then I'll be honest with you man like. I took it to the Mentawise and I rode it at Macaroni's. Yeah. And it was great when there was no wind or super glassy. But the second there was even light, light chop on the face of the wave, I just felt like it was just skipping out. It wouldn't grab the rail. Um, it was really chattery. It felt very like, yeah, I guess tinny. Um, and chattery and um, and, and I, I don't and then I epoxies it's really tough hard construction so it's almost like the fire wire too sorry to interrupt you that, that's yeah. like it just sometimes you come down on them too and it almost feels like you're coming down on a concrete slab I can't They're believe so you said stiff. that exactly. so damn stiff it's like I think about trying to do errors on this board sometimes and I'm like fuck man I'm gonna break my ankle just on the impact of trying to stick this thing if I go too big because it's like there's no give to them they're so stiff which is also why it's kind of beautiful too right because they it'll last forever as long as you keep it painted and you don't show off how yellow that thing actually is I know it is then, uh, <laughs> so yellow yeah then it, you could ride it forever so I think that firewire is always my backup board especially if I have friends visiting I'm like yeah you take this one you can borrow this no worries <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny you should say that because I've always had this I've had this ongoing ankle injury and I I think I did like a little a really little floater on it or hit the end section and sort of landed in the flats a little bit one day and I felt the same, exactly how you described it. Like I was landing straight on concrete. And then I met a guy, he was the photographer at Macaroni's. And he was like, he's seen it. He goes, I'll never ride a firewire ever again. He goes, because he's right into his air mm. game. And he said, I snapped my ankle. <sighs> he said, I landed in the flats, did a bit of a fairly big air, landed. And he said, most, like a PU board, most normal PU boards, I probably would have put my foot through the board and it would have absorbed the, the impact. He goes, but nah. And I think I was in a, had to have a surgery, a plate. I was in, I was in a cast for, you know, eight weeks. He said wow. it was hell. And he, and he just blamed, blamed that because I was too hard. Like, but I don't know if it was the actual epoxy that was, or the actual, the foam that's being used What's in it. it? Have and you the seen the lack the, of flex. The, the cross sections of them, if you ever see a, a slice of them, you get them in some surf shops, they'll have it so you can see on display. It's like this crazy sandwich construction. So it's layer upon layer of this like dense surfboard material. And I mean, that that's it. It's like their whole MO when they first came out, when, before they started making them in, oh, is it before they started making them in Thailand? they were unbreakable was what was happening so no one was buying a second one and so they changed the material they actually softened it up I don't know if you remember that but it was like a thing where people bought the first round of them they are like yeah. fuck I have to buy another board sweet yeah um, but that's the other real downside is that they just don't break either and they don't give at the end of the day you want your board to give rather than your your bones yeah well that's it you know, that's it I do respect that though that they were, they're tough enough to not break and if right. you're I guess like I don't know I'm not a like I'm not a progressive surfer but yeah it was really disappointing for me because it was like i liked the the ethics behind them and i liked the look of the shape and yes when it was perfect perfect waves with no wind i, I think i did a, a turn on that board that was maybe one of the best turns i've ever done yeah. but then that was it and to be honest like and then it went yellow straight away i painted it black and i just i i never want to touch it i never want to ride it and yeah. i'm disappointed in the goat disappointed a little bit yeah almost no, like a, a, a little too on but a little bit too on the like they're going too far to the right and like the scientific community with the just getting weird with the surfboard construction and trying to get as tech as possible and it's kind of like it's a bit too but, but far. that's that's good that's what he's trying to do he's trying to push the limits on that end i noticed something you said was that 
your ability or level, you're not too sure. Or sometimes you feel like, oh, what can I say about this? But I kind of want to push back a little bit on that. And I feel like what you're able to talk about is all these things, all the technical aspects of these boards in a really cognizant and important way. And I think really the only technical part, if we're talking about throwing the fins and a moment of, of fin engagement and we're talking about different styles of fins like the rake or one of these important components in the fins that's that's one thing but in reality I think your experience is not that different than my experience with these surfboards um, or a, a professional surfer's experience you still have that same ability to make that judgment so I think that's something we forget and we lend too much faith in the um, the surf shop employee to guide us to these boards when in reality I think you know exactly what works well for you and what doesn't and I think there's a lot of magic under the arm and I think you're picking the right boards and some that aren't right too, but I think we're both doing similar things, which is just exploring different shapes and analyzing what they are. And I think that's what I want to keep getting better at too, having this chat. You. And some of the journey as well. Like it's yeah. all part of the journey. Like um, when I bought that rocket wide, I was actually tossing up between this DHD 20. Like, and actually I know you've got to go. Oh, so, you're, yeah. you're right. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I've been researching it and looking at it. Oh, those really DHD 20s are it, sick. Oh, so good. Like, I really love the look of it and even the aesthetic of it. I like the They style. did a review right now on, on um, there's one on Stab. My buddy Michael Ciaramella did a review on the DHD Twin. You got to check it out. Oh, it's sick. I, see, I knew it and like to be honest, like everything about it, I was like, yep, yeah, I could just feel it was the right board. You know? yeah. But I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm just going to go down to, to Channel Islands and, and have a look at um, the rocket. But the guy that works there, I think he's a friend of yours. Um, Cal. Cal, is it? At CI? or which CI. Or on Charlie. Board, on board. Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, legend. Chaza. And straight away, it was like the banter was there. He was he wasn't he wasn't selling it to me, but he just knew what he was talking about. But when I was in the rip curl shop looking at the DHDs, mm. I was like, oh, "Can you tell me something about this board?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's it's eight million. It's eight million repair." I'm like, "No, can you tell me some more about it? Yep. Like, do you have a five six? Oh, what do you mean five six? Like, right. five foot six inches? You know, <laughs> like it was just like oh, I can't bite off you. Yeah. But with him, he's like, "Yeah, man, I'll hook you up with." A tail pad and wax and you know what chuck the fins in as well come on let's do you know just got me psyched up like and that is what i enjoy like as well like i want that when i'm going to spend that much money for a board as an average joe i'm not getting free shit i'm not getting free boards yeah i want to be sold i want to be i want to feel good about my purchase there's a certain magic in that moment too of walking out feeling stoked that you carry into the surf and you associate with that board as well right so there's definitely some kind of experience that's happening there too and i think there was a shop I walked into recently. I didn't have that. And I was like, oh, should I get the board anyways? And I didn't. Now I'm glad I didn't. But yeah. it's, it's it's a funny one, right? Because it, it's, at some point, I think we actually have more knowledge than a lot of the employees in there about boards yeah. based upon our own experience. Yeah. Uh, and then you kind of become guided by these people too. I don't know. I don't know that I totally jive with the whole experience, to be honest, because I still think at the end of the day, it's a lot of corporate kind of push for certain shapes too. And it's kind of, am I being true to what I want to be writing? I don't know. I don't think that necessarily is the case. So I think it's good to keep exploring. And like you were saying, there's so many options too. It's like, it's great. And that's yeah. what I, that's what I love about it. It never ends. Yeah. It's endless. Like we can just keep talking about it. I mean, yeah, we can just keep, it'll, it'll never end. You totally. Know? And then that's, what's so beautiful about it. Anyway, man. Yeah. It's been epic. Yeah. It's super nice, dude. It's been an hour and three minutes. The first bonus episode of get your quiv out. Show us your quiv. Now get your quiv out. Oh, right, right, right. I was Come thinking of something man. else. I was thinking of something else. Get your quiv out. <laughs> Get your quiv out, bro. All right. <laughs> Get your quiv out. And then I, I don't have refined the name, but it's going to be like Average Joe's Board Review, talking about boards they love and boards they hate. Yeah. You like that? Yeah, I like that too. I think it'd be really nice to get into some shapes that you don't like too. That'd be a cool avenue to jump into and kind of yeah. look at that as well. Well, I think I sort of said that with the sci-fi. Totally, totally. I hope the goat doesn't hear this. I hope the goat does hear this. I don't think the goat. He needs to step up his game. He's not, not going to listen to dude. this. He won't listen to this. Never know, Shan. Dude, he can do whatever he wants. He's a fucking goat. Well, remember you said you were going to get him on the podcast. Should we get him on the podcast? Remember when we seen him at, at Karamas that that night? Oh, he, yeah. T- he was such a goat. Yeah. How's his aura? Yeah, <laughs> super. Just like I think you and I both knew. Didn't we both stop whatever we we're doing and turn around like, and look at him? Yeah. Or you nudge me like, look, look back, and he's got his hat on. He's like super sleek and like and super t- low profile. And then we turn back around two seconds later, and he's just like vanished. I know. It's like time stood still. Yeah. And it was like a little halo about. I remember his head. everything that happened in that yeah. moment. Do you? Sights, sounds, smells, everything. Yeah. yeah. And then like. Like and then like apparently after that he impregnated every girl in in um, Bali. Yeah, he should have. Those lucky yeah. girls. And then and then he won won the lotto. Like won he the won the lottery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then 
when he was finished, he went and built another wave pool that no one knows about. Right. In the, he did all that in the one night. He could. If anyone could, it's him. Yeah. He just can't shape a great board yet. But he fucked he up my board. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I got it for my 40th. And when I was in Indo, this Indo dude in Sumatra, in Mentawise, painted a picture of my daughter's face on it. I showed him a photo and it was beautiful. And so I'll always keep that board. you got to keep it forever. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and that's it. Get your quiv out with Lance Billingsley. Get your quiv out. Thanks for being on, brother. Thanks, buddy. Happy Friday. Happy you. Friday, dude. I'm good as that. All right, man. Oh, Let's yes. get amongst it. Let's go and have an ice bath. Ice bath, baby. Ice, what? ice, baby. Are you up for an ice bath? Ice, ice, you baby. You want to do ice bath? Ice, ice, baby. Icing. Let's <laughs> ice the shit. You. <laughs> Hey, so before we kick off the podcast, I just want to talk about getting your morning kick in Belmont Coffee. Belmont is owned by skaters, barbers, traders, and musicians. They came together with the idea of creating a co-pilot that's next to you on the late night drives, early mornings on the job site, or a midday pick-me-up, ethically sourced beans in a sustainable can, and ready to go when you are. Use the code THT to score a discount at belmont.com. That's Belmont, B-E-L-L-M-O-T-T dot com.